friends, and shalom. This is Tom with Truth Ignited Ministry, where we talk about what they don't teach you in the churches. Today I want to bring you a message about the Torah, slavery or freedom. You know, recently a Christian, as they so often do, tried to tell me that the Torah is slavery. Is that true? What does the Bible say? You know, sometimes I wonder about these folks when they come at me with this kind of stuff because, you know, what they don't realize that they're saying when they say this stuff is they're saying that God delivered his people, his people, the children of Israel, that he delivered them from hundreds of years of actual slavery, like, like they were really slaves, in Egypt, and then turned right around in about, I, I think, like 40 days later, put them under the harsh bondage of the law and held them in slavery to the law for thousands. Of, look, he delivered them from like 400 years of slavery only to, only to what? To put them back under slavery to the law right away and hold them there for thousands of years? Until he finally decided enough was enough and, well, now's a good time. I'll send my son down there and, and I'll make sure that they get delivered from the slavery that I put them under after I delivered them from slavery. Come on. Does that even, like, like can, do, do we have a brain? I mean, think, let's think, let's think about this logically, okay? You know, I'm just wondering, you know, do, do these people have a brain in their head? You know, sometimes I wonder if they think before they speak. You know, and I'm not trying to be mean to anybody, but, I mean, seriously, these, this is the kind of nonsense that they want to come at me with, come at me with, and come at some of you with, and... Some of you, a lot of people that are watching me are probably Torah-positive people. My hope is that some of these Christian folks will see some of these messages and the wheels will start turning in their head. You know, the hamster will get on the wheel and start running in their brain and saying, oh, wait a minute, you know, that actually makes sense. That actually makes sense that it doesn't make sense that God would deliver his people from actual slavery in Egypt and then put them under slavery to the law and hold them in slavery to the law for thousands of years and then finally decide to send his son to die and save them from the curse of the law, they like to say, the curse, the bondage of the law, the curse of the law, the law is slavery. I mean, seriously, man, I'm, I mean, just... Let's think logically about some of the things that Christianity says to us. You know, it, it, a lot of time, most of the time, it just doesn't make sense because it's not the truth. It's not what the Bible says. It's not what the Bible teaches. It's not what anybody in the Bible ever actually said including the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul did not teach an anti-Torah message. Look, I say it all the time. I'll say it again right here. The Apostle Paul was arrested, and he was arrested in Jerusalem. There was prophesied to him. A, the prophet of God came to him and said, when you go to Jerusalem, you're going to be arrested. He went to Jerusalem. Sure enough, they put the cuffs on him. I don't know if they had cuffs back then, but they arrested him. 
And then they took him and they put him on, they began to put him on trial and they said, we heard that you're going around teaching that people don't have to follow the Torah anymore. And he, he was like, whoa, hold up a second. That's not what I've been saying at all. You know how we know he that's what he was said? Acts 24, 14. He said, look, look, guys, look, I confess to you that I believe everything in the Torah and the prophets. Then in Acts 25, verse 8, he turned around and he said, hey, look, I've never committed any offense against the Torah or the temple. And then when we get to the end of, book of the book of Acts, after he got shipwrecked, he was sitting around on a beach and around a campfire with some folks. And he said, and it says that he was trying to persuade them about Yeshua through the Torah. He was using the Torah as his guide, as his method of teaching them, of trying to tell them. Now, why would you use the Torah to persuade people about Yeshua if the message of Yeshua was against the Torah? You know, if the message of Paul was against the Torah, if Paul was opposed to the Torah, why would he be using the Torah in order to persuade people about Yeshua? It doesn't make sense. What he was doing was he was showing them, look, Yeshua is the Messiah of the Torah. He was, he kept the Torah. He lived by the Torah. He was the Messiah. That was what he was doing. Let, let's take a look at 2 Peter. Second, or I'm sorry, 1 Peter. Let's take a look at 1 Peter. 1 Peter 2.6. It says, live as free people, but not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Rather, live as God's slaves. No, no, hold up a second here. Because this person was trying to tell me that the Torah is slavery. But the Bible is telling me not to use freedom as a cover-up for evil, which is sin. Sin which is defined in 1 John 3, 4 as the transgression, the violation, the breaking of the Torah. And then it says, rather live as God's slaves. So wait a minute here. Hold up a second here. You're telling me that I have to be enslaved to the law and enslaved to God in order to be free? That's the message of the Bible. Read Romans 6.16. 6, it's very plain as day. It says that you're either a slave to sin, which is Torah breaking, or you're a slave to obedience through righteousness, which is Torah keeping Deuteronomy 6.25. Galatians 5.13. It says, for you, my brothers, were called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature, worldliness, selfishness. But through love, serve and seek the best for one another. The message is clear. And these are, this is the Apostle Paul. This is the book of Galatians. I mean, 
Dang on, man. How many times have I heard people say, well, you need to read the book of Galatians. That's what you need to do. I had one hotshot preacher one time, you know, he, he came on and, and he was trying to spout off to me about something. And, and I said something to him and he said, well, you need to make Galatians your favorite book in the Bible. Look, let me help you out for a second here. Okay. Galatians is not the chief cornerstone. Okay. Galatians is not the proof text upon which all other scripture must conform, okay? Galatians, you know, Paul was not even one of the 12 that originally walked with Yeshua. Yes, he's listed as an apostle, and that's fine, but he wasn't even one of the original 12, and he, he wasn't even one who actually physically walked with Yeshua prior to the cross. He Now, he had the encounter on the Damascus Road, and, and that's fine, but what I'm saying is, what in the world is wrong with people if they think that Paul, who came on the scene at the end, God to come in and say, hey, guess what, guys? Everything else in the Bible is wrong. I'm going to teach you the real truth. Dude, if that was Paul's message, Paul's a heretic. He's a blasphemer. That wasn't Paul's message. And I think deep down inside, some of you actually know that. You know, a lot of people like to talk about Galatians 2.20, but what about verse 17? You know, oh, Christ lives in me, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I'm not making fun. I'm not making fun of the scripture, of course, but, you know, that's the that's the attitude that they have is, you know, they, they think Christ lives in them. But if you go back to verse 17, it says that if, while we seek to be justified in Messiah, we ourselves are found to be sinners, is Messiah then an agent of sin? May it never be. He's setting the tone. He's setting up Galatians 2.20. He's letting you know before you even get to the whole thing about Christ in me, the hope of glory, he's getting, before he even gets there, he's letting you know that if you claim Christ is in you, that if you claim Messiah lives in and through you, but you're going around violating the Torah, then what you're actually doing is you're making the false claim that Messiah is a sinner sin in and through you. And he's putting a hard stop to that right before you even get there. He's, he's putting a hard stop to it and he's saying, before we even get there, I'm going to nip this one in the bud. We're going we're gonna to settle this matter right here before we even get to Messiah living in and through me. We're going to let you know that Messiah living in and through me means that I live according to the Torah. Not that I go around breaking the Torah and rejecting the Torah and violating the Torah and saying, oh, it's because Jesus lives in me. I don't have to obey the commandments anymore. That's a lie from the devil. And if you believe that nonsense, you better stop. You better get set free. And that's what we're talking about today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you tools that will set you free from the lies of religion that have been sold to you by the churches for all too long now. Paul's message was not that the Torah is bondage and slavery, per se. His message was that you are either a slave to sin, separated from God, 
or that you are free from sin by submitting yourself as a slave to God and his Torah. Look what, look what it says in Romans 6, verses 16, 20, and 22. And I already referenced Romans 6, 16. But let's take a look at it. Let's take a look at it. It says, Do you not know that to whatever you yield yourselves as slaves for obedience, you are slaves to what you obey? Whether to sin, breaking the Torah, resulting in death, or to obedience, resulting in righteousness. Look, that's the message. Either you're living in sin or you're living in obedience to the Torah. There's no other choice. He doesn't give you an option C that says, oh, but by the way, you can be saved in Jesus and forget about the Torah. That's not one of the options he gives you. This is your beloved Apostle Paul, all you Christian folks out there, the one that you always like to misquote. You know, Peter warned about you folks. He said that lawless men twist Paul's words the way that they do with the rest of Scripture, and they do it to their own destruction. You're doing it to your own destruction. When you stand before God at the judgment, you're going to stand before God at the judgment. According to the Bible, you will stand before him in the judgment. And when you stand there, are you going to be counted among the lawless ones who refuse to follow his commandments, who bought into these lies sold by the Christian churches, sold by all of the pastors out there that are anti-Torah, antinomian pastors out there that are going around saying, you don't have to follow that Torah anymore. That's done away with. We don't have to follow that anymore. Are you going to be counted among the lawless masses? Read Matthew 7, verse 21 through 23. Are you going to be counted among the many, the masses of religion who are going to be rejected for lawlessness? Or are you going to submit yourself as a slave to obedience? Obedience resulting in righteousness. You know, Deuteronomy 6.25 defines righteousness as following the Torah. Obedience, righteousness, following the Torah. That's what Paul was saying in Romans 6.16. You know, if you go back to Romans 2.13, it says it's not the hearers of the Torah who are going to be righteous, but the doers of the Torah who will be justified. That was the message. He said in Galatians chapter 7, verse 12, I believe it is, he said that the Torah is holy and righteous and good. Okay, when these folks come and they lift passages out of Paul's writings and they say, see this right here, this verse right here proves that we don't have to follow the Torah anymore. They're wrong. They're absolutely 100% wrong because if you weigh that belief against the whole counsel of Scripture, if you weigh that belief against every other writer in the Bible, every prophet, every patriarch, every king, every apostle, everyone who wrote any part of the Bible, if you weigh the Christian belief against everyone who wrote the Bible, you're going to find out that Christian beliefs fall flat. They're wrong. They're lies. I can't make it any more clear. Verse 20. We're still in Romans chapter 6. Verse 20. For when you were slaves to sin, you were free with regard to righteousness. What does that mean? What does that mean? It says when you were slaves to sin, 
you were free with regard to righteousness. What that means is that when you were living in sin, you obviously were not giving yourself as a slave to righteousness because you were living in sin. You were living as a slave to Torah breaking instead of living as a slave to Torah keeping, which is righteousness. And then in verse 22, but now, having been set free from sin, have you been set free from sin? I don't think that, that if you're going around as a Christian person saying that you don't have to follow the Torah, then you're not free from sin because your whole theology, your whole belief system has you enslaved to sin. These people that tell me that the Torah is slavery and they're going around with their anti-Torah message telling me that, telling me and others that the Torah is slavery, they are the ones who are enslaved to sin. They're still in bondage to sin. They're going around sinning. They're going around breaking the Torah. Now they might not be breaking everything in the Torah, but, but neither did Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve didn't go and go out and murder people. Adam and Eve didn't go out and commit adultery. Now, you know, we can say that there weren't anybody else on the earth for them to murder or commit adultery with, but they weren't going around doing all these things. All they did was eat one thing that God said not to eat. And if you go to the church barbecue, and if you go to the church potluck, and if you go to the church what, whatever function that the church is having, the church pizza party, you're going to find it filled with swine flesh, and you're probably going to find a lot of it filled with shellfish, which are basically cockroaches of the oceans. You're going to find all of these things that God said not to eat all spread out at their picnics and their potlucks and, and their functions that they have with all this food spread out, so-called food, because God didn't call it food. He said it's an abomination. He said don't eat it. And you go back to Genesis chapter 3 and Adam and Eve, they, they, they sat there and had their church picnic and their church potluck at the tree in the middle of the garden. They gathered around with the serpent and they broke out the picnic basket and they gathered the fruit that was forbidden and they had themselves a little church picnic with things that God said not to eat. And they had themselves a little church potluck with things that God said not to eat. And God God said eating certain things is an abomination. He said not to do it. And these people that are going around telling me that the Torah is slavery, they are the ones that are enslaved to sin. You go to their, their churches, you go to their church functions, their church activities, and you will see it. You go to their churches they, they, when they hold big events. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it. They'll, they'll be holding a big event. They'll have a big event coming up, and they'll have a big work day. And when do they do it? They do it on a Saturday. They gather all of their members together, and they say, let's get together on Saturday and do all of this work to prepare the church for our big event on Sunday. Saturday is the Sabbath. I mean, technically, the Sabbath is sunset Friday to sunset Saturday, but if they're working during the day on Saturday, which is when they'd be doing this, they're working on the Sabbath. They're breaking the Sabbath. They're defying the commandment of God. Look, we can also consider what James has to say. The Apostle James. Look what he says. 
James 1.25, but the one who looks intently into the perfect Torah, the Torah that gives freedom. Let me say that again. The Torah that gives freedom. How about that? Isn't that amazing? The Apostle James, you know, James has the unique distinction of being the half-brother of Yeshua himself. And he said that the Torah gives freedom. Now, where do you think he learned that from? You think maybe he learned that from the Messiah himself? I mean, this dude was the half-brother, so he grew up with the guy, right? He said the Torah gives freedom and continues in it, not becoming a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He shall be blessed in what he does. In other words, if you want to be blessed, follow the Torah. Now, where do you think he got that from? He got it from Deuteronomy chapter 28, where it tells you that if you live by the Torah, you'll be blessed. And if you live against the Torah, you'll be cursed. And then James 2.12, it says, So speak and act as those who will be judged according to a Torah that gives freedom. We've already talked about that you're going to stand before the judgment. And you're either going to be counted among the righteous who obeyed the Torah, or you're going to be counted among the lawless who rejected and defied the Torah. The entire gospel is about being free from sin. And again... I can never say it enough. The definition of sin in the Bible is from 1 John 3, 4. It says sin is the breaking, violating, transgressing of the Torah. That's what it is. And then you got Matthew 1, 21. It says she will give birth to a son and you shall call his name Yeshua. For he will save his people from their sins. Look. Look, folks, he came to save you from your sin. Now, popular Christian theology wants to teach you that you need to be saved from an eternity in hell. But that's really secondary, at best, to what you're saved from. Because the Bible never really says that's what you're saved from is a future eternity in hell. The Bible says that you're supposed to be saved from sin, and if you're saved from sin, then you don't have to worry about whether or not you're going to be saved from a future in a, in a lake of fire, Sheol, Hades, hell, whatever people want to call it, whatever terms people want to use. It, it really doesn't matter because you're saved from sin. In other words, you're saved from breaking the Torah. So if you're saved then it stands to reason that if you're saved, you will begin to live According to the Torah, that's what the Bible says. Like, I can't I can't go against what the Bible says. All these folks out there that want to be against the Torah, you know, they don't even realize what they're saying. They don't realize, like I said earlier in the message, they don't realize how ridiculous their message is until you slap them in the face and say, what you're saying is that God delivered his people from real slavery, for from 400 years of real slavery, to put them into slavery for 2,000 years or however many thousands of years it was and put them into slavery for thousands of years and hold them there and oppress them and, and push them down. What kind of a God are you serving? 
Man, I, I, I mean, come on, man. What kind of a God are you serving if that's what you believe? No, no, I know that there's Marcionists out there. There's a lot of Marcionists in Christianity today that, that bought into that Marcionist lie that there's the God of the Old Testament, so-called Old Testament, the God of the Old Testament that was all about law and judgment and punishment and wrath. And then there's this God, this whole different God of the New Testament that's all about grace and love and mercy. And we don't have to do anything anymore. We're set free from everything, the oppression of the body. Bible. We don't have to be oppressed by the Bible anymore. We can just go on hopping and skipping. Well, you're hopping and skipping along that broad path that leads to destruction. That's what you're doing. And you better get free from it. Seriously, man, get free. You know, the Bible says in John 8, 32, that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Psalm 119.142 says the Torah is truth. Think about that for a little bit. The Torah is not bondage and slavery that you need to be set free from. The Torah is the key that unlocks the chains of your freedom. According to the Bible, you cannot be free without walking in the way of the Torah. The way Yeshua walked. Yeshua walked according to the Torah. He was a Torah-keeping Jewish rabbi who led all of his followers to follow the Torah. He constantly and consistently upheld the Torah. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. I did not come to abolish the Torah, but to fulfill it. And that word fulfill, if you really study it in context, it means to fill you full of the Torah. Torah. In other words, well, what was he saying? He was saying that I didn't come to abolish the Torah. I came to put the Torah in your mind and write the Torah on your heart, which is the new covenant. He, Jeremiah 31 and Hebrews chapter 8 and Hebrews chapter 10 all talk about how the, the sign and the seal of the new covenant is the Torah put in your mind and the Torah written on your heart. When Yeshua said, I didn't come to abolish the Torah, but to fulfill what he was saying was, I didn't come to overthrow the Torah and do away with it. I came to put the Torah in your mind and, and write the Torah on your heart because I've come to establish the new covenant and this is the new covenant in my blood. I came to fill you with the Torah. That was the message of Yeshua. That's the gospel. That's the real gospel. The real gospel is where you have faith in Yeshua, and as a result, he puts the Torah in your mind and writes the Torah on your heart and fills you with his spirit and causes you to walk in his laws, and that's the gospel. Yeshua walked in the Torah. That was his way. Every single Bible writer walked in the Torah. They were all Torah keeping Israelites, every single Bible writer, not a single one of them was a Christian, at least not in the sense that the word Christian is used today. There is a possibility that there's a valid use of the word Christian from the first century, but I can promise you through deep study into it, it's not the same thing as what Christian means today. 
in popular Christian religion. It's just not. It's totally different. And, and so, the way you must walk if you want to be free is to walk in the way of the Torah. And folks, this is where I got to cut off the message for today. But just remember, there's much to be gained by a return to the discarded values of the past. I'll see you in the next message. Hey there, I'm so glad you tuned in today. Now, if you enjoy the teachings of Truth Ignited and you want to financially support the ministry, we want to offer you a few ways to do that. First, we've got our cash app. Scan the QR code or use dollar sign Truth Ignited. Now, this is a preferred method because we don't incur any fees for this service. But we understand that not everybody uses the Cash App, so you can also go to our Spotify for Podcasters page right here, and you can sign up to become a $5 or $10 monthly partner. You can also visit truthignited.com and give your financial support there and find a lot more great messages just like the one you listen to. Also, be sure to check out our Public store where you can find a lot of really cool merchandise, t-shirts and other items that you can use to show off your faith. Be sure to follow Truth Ignited on Facebook, Twitter or X, YouTube, Instagram, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And remember to share these messages on all of your social media pages. I'll see you next time. Blessings and Shalom.